you yield yourself to Christ and say, take me, you, you know I'm a mess, but take my mess and create a message. When you yield to God, man, and just allow him to use you, it's amazing what can happen. If you listen, if you stay open, I believe God can speak through this music to you in a way that you didn't plan for it to happen. Welcome to Indie Thinker with Reed Huberman. You're about to make the jump from the dishonest mainstream media into free and independent thought from key thought leaders on the subjects of culture, causes, politics, and faith. Welcome to Indie Thinker with Reed Huberman. My name is Reed Huberman, and today I have a special guest who has been on the program before, and I'm excited about having him back, uh, Zero Doubt. What's up, man? Good to have you in the studio. No complaints, man. Thanks for the invite again. Yeah, absolutely. I I was so honored to be able to go to your listening party, and uh, it was the first listening party that anybody ever wanted me at, so I was happy (laughs) to be there. But also, you you were on the show, and we we recorded something before that that made it to the album. Unfortunately, it wasn't my singing. Um, (laughs) Next, that's next. Album. Maybe next album. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you actually wanted to sell, so I don't blame you for not putting that on there. Anyway, uh, so I had a little special uh, a, a part on there that was special for me, uh, and I was thankful to be on there with with you, somebody who's very special to me, and just uh, the work that you you've done is very special to me as well, um, and the lives that it's touched and all that stuff. And your heart is so great. So I was honored to be on the album and honored to be able to go to the listening party, and I was floored, man. I was. I, I, this may people do this to me all the time. It's a little offensive. They're like, "How did you get?" that guy on your podcast they're like i didn't know you were that smart and i'm just like what the heck man uh but um but so i hate to say this on the one hand but also want to be honest about my reaction when i listened to it for the first time i was like dude this is this is one of the best albums i'm not just saying this because you're here uh this is one of the best christian albums uh christian hip-hop albums i've ever heard in my life i agree it was so (laughs) you should i agree it's really good man yeah and i say that humbly man i will say this also there was a lot of people uh, just in response to the album, who really enjoyed the intro. Mm-hmm. It was just different. And the fact that we had, I mean, literally, I'm at work one day, man, I just had this idea. And I remember calling you up and telling you about it. You was yeah. like, yeah, let's do it. And literally coming into this uh, this studio, and I think we knocked it out in one take, man. So mm-hmm. it was definitely a just a unique way to start the project so for that man i I say thank you man it's my absolutely my pleasure sincerely it was predestined which by the way is the name of the album everybody i'm gonna put uh down below a place where people can go and and buy that and access that and i'm telling you guys you need to get it it's very very good um so we'll jump into the album specifically maybe get some of the stories behind the songs because it's very collaborative um and some of the other voices that you got on there i was able to meet and and just absolutely love those guys and very very talented dudes so uh with your talent it just knocks this thing out of the park um so we'll jump into that in just a minute but I, i wanted to chat with you about something that was on my mind like specifically this morning and knowing that you were coming in, uh, and I and I think um, hip hop slash rap uh, is a good vehicle to have this conversation. So uh, the conversation goes something like this: um, I was going through comments, which is always a dangerous thing on my YouTube videos, and somebody said, "I don't know if anything good can come out of this conversation." And it was with somebody who it was a conversation that I had with a past guest. Um, that was a little bit controversial and uh, just because of some of the things that they did slash said and some of the things that people think they know about this person but don't really know about this person. Needless to say, um, who it is is not really important. What's important is just that statement. And I was immediately 
brought to the idea of uh, Jesus and Jesus being from Nazareth and somebody saying, man, nothing good can come out of Nazareth. And how quick Christians are to kind of make that same mistake, to to too quickly uh, deduce that uh, God can't use something or that God is too small to be able to work in in a certain situation. Um, and, and Christians are really notorious. And this is not really even being judgmental. This is um, this is not taking the time. So it's not snap judgment. It's, it's not taking the time to really think about the way in which God works. It's, um, so maybe that is snap judgment, but I think there's a difference because, by the way, I'll just say uh, judgment is good. We have, in, in the Christian world, we just say don't be judgmental all the time, but we don't realize that like judging between good and evil is actually a good thing. So there is a sense in which we should be judgmental and that we should be judging what is good and what is right as opposed to that which is evil and being willing to recognize that. Um, but I think that there's there's something, I'm not saying don't be judgmental here. What I'm saying is is do be judgmental. Do take the time to consider. Do take the time to think about where good can come from from situations. Now, I think that's true of this the podcast, but also thought about too in terms of you. I thought about I thought about rap music and hip hop music because we almost take this for granted now. But like when you think about the origins and the kind of place where rap slash hip hop comes from, at least in the way that we think about it on like on the street and stuff like that, it seems to not come from like a beautiful place. But people like you have taken what very many people use to talk about women, used to talk about materialism and used to talk about like substance abuse and all sorts of other things. You've taken that that vehicle and you've you've flipped it around. You've redeemed it for Christ and you use it for a really healthy and good purpose. So I'm just wondering, like, did you ever struggle with the vehicle of hip hop or have you ever had any resistance, maybe specifically from Christians with the vehicle of hip hop? And what does it mean to you to be able to use something that people kind of stereotypically think of as um, not a Christian avenue, uh, but but something that God can use for, for his glory? Um... That's a lot in one in one question. Okay. <laughs> um, I can, believe. Can it, here's the question: Can anything good come from hip hop? Well, absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm just a I'm one of many people that can say, man, when you yield yourself to Christ and say, "Take me," you you know I'm a mess, but take my mess and create a message. When you yield to God, man, and just allow Him to use you. It's amazing what can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I'm just one of many people that can say that. I think the biggest thing is the person yielding. God can use anybody, he can use anything. Mm-hmm. But if you're not yielded to that, if you don't yield, if you don't surrender to him and allow him to do that, I don't know if you actually actually see that in right. this lifetime. I'm no different than anybody else, man. Um, broken, messed up. You name it, you can go down the line. But one day I got tired of being that person. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm tired of trying to do things my way. So from this point point on, which is actually October 19, 2003 in Knoxville, Tennessee, I said, from this point on, God, it's yes to your will and yes to your way. Now, nowhere in there that I have this idea that God is going to use me in this thing called hip hop Mm -hmm. or rap music. 
I had no clue. I was clueless. But how he set it up was truly a setup. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any kind of drawbacks in the beginning? I would say yes. When you know, when it came to hip hop, because I felt like there was a, a urgency to give people the sound that they wanted mm. and be relative. Yeah. And now, I, now let me just ask. Let me dig into that a little bit, just because. The question I have there is, so was there, was there a, um, temptation is the wrong word, but just like this feeling that you should sound like secular artists or other artists who have come before you, or maybe even just fellow Christian artists, or wh- wh- what was that like? That I don't t- know if it would be, you know, if I, I'm supposed to sound like someone specifically, mm-hmm. there's a sound that a generation recognizes. Yeah. And everybody wants to be felt by a generation. You know, you want people to feel you. You want people to be able to relate where you're coming from and be able to rock with you, per se. And, you know, starting out, I just thought, man, no one's going to understand my story. Mm. No one's going to be able to rock with me. No one's going to be able to enjoy the message that I have. So this is interesting because I, don't, I, don't, I may know what you're going to say here, but what, is, what were those things that you didn't think people would understand? What part of your story did you think people wouldn't relate to? <laughs> I think it was, I don't really know if it had anything to do with the actual background uh-huh. that I come from. I think it had more to do with the technical side of rapping. Because mm-hmm. most people don't know, man, I, I had no desire to rap. I had... I have no history of rapping other than on my way to the club, you know, hyping ourselves up before we get ready. That's the only history of rapping I have. So how did, how did that? I mean, I, I hate to interject and to lead us down a different path, but how did that happen? How did you finally get to the place where you're like, I want to do this and I'm going to start getting, getting well, better at This it. is a true story, man. I'm, you know, I get saved in 03. Okay. In 04, I'm at a job and someone offers me the opportunity to go to a Christian event. It's called um, the Gospel Explosion. And so I'm like, well, since I'm, I'm saved now, I guess I need to do saved things. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go to this event. It's right down the street. Check it out. And I go, and there's guys there outside, a lot of people, and they're rapping about Jesus. Now, I've, I've been around music all my life, just had no desire to do it. Mm-hmm. But I remember leaving that event charged, man, excited about what I saw. And on the inside, my inside, which is my spirit, man, is saying, this is what you, this is what I'm preparing you to do. Mm. But I can't understand why, because I have no desire to do it. And it's so amazing because in Psalm 37, 4, it says, delight yourself in the Lord mm-hmm. and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, it's twofold. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires. Well, what are my desires? My desires are to live healthy. My desires are to live a long life. These are my desires. Well, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires. So yeah. now he's actually putting desires yeah. and not just the in thing, your heart, not just things. He's actually giving you desires. He's putting them in there. So the things that I once desired, the fast life, women, clubbing, just having a good time, those things are being removed and he's replacing those things with his will. So I leave that event and now I'm thinking, man, I want to do that. 
So I just began to study his word. And the more I studied his word, the more lyrics he gave me. And the more lyrics he gave me, the more songs he gave me. Before you knew it, man, the very place where I got saved in Knoxville, Tennessee, he takes me back to and I'm opening up for Lecrae, not even really knowing what's going on. Hmm. So that that started the journey. So it's it's been nonstop, brother. Yeah, well, that's cool. I think that takes us back to that kind of thing where you just sometimes we don't know where God can bring good. So like if God can bring good out of a donkey and we'll use the PG version, the donkey, he can bring good out of a lot of stuff. If he can bring good out of failure in the garden, man, God can bring good out of anything. He can bring good out of a young man in the middle of Tennessee going to a concert who never desired to rap before. By the way, I, I do have to kind of side note here. When you, since you never desired and never did it before, the first time that you sat down to do it, like, how was that? Was it was it like good or was no. it? I mean, who knows? I don't know. I remember writing. I was thinking, nah, man, that's, that's, that's trash. Nobody yeah. gonna believe that. And then the first time I heard myself, you know, on the microphone, my own recording, I thought, Oh no, no one's gonna believe that. Uh -huh. Like it, there's there's no strength behind it. Yeah. But it had nothing to do with the sound. It had nothing to do with my voice. Uh -huh. Because it was him speaking through me. And so the more and more I did what I did, I realized that man, I'm different. I'm different. Yeah. And everybody's not gonna number one is truth. And as the cliche word is or saying is, everybody doesn't want to hear the truth. Mm -hmm. So I realized this is not going to be for everybody, even though it is for everybody. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I have to accept that. I have to I have to accept that everybody's not going to be open to it. Mm -hmm. Everybody's not going to like that. It. Have you had any people that are resistant to I, I almost think this the answer to this is going to be no, because it's so commonplace now for um for artists like yourself to be in the space that you're in and guys have been doing this for so long that it's almost common too commonplace that people take it for granted now but did you did you ever have any resistance to uh hip-hop and rap being a vehicle for the gospel yeah. absolutely all the time matter of fact when people hear the word rap that's it's almost like you got two strikes against you mm -hmm. so whatever it is you're about to do young man it better be good or you probably never coming back wow yeah you i didn't know? think about that yeah. yeah so and you know i i understand that because I'll say this lightly, man. Some people are just ignorant. Mm -hmm. Generations, people have been ignorant of it's a true. lot of things. You got religion, you got tradition. All these things are, are against you or against me yeah. as I present this to people. But I just have to go, man. I just have to go and just believe God that, you know what, if they if they allow me to one strike, I believe that if you listen, if you stay open, I believe God can speak through this music to you. Mm -hmm in a way that you didn't plan for it to happen. And yeah. that's that's truly what happened. And I mean, people of all ages, 70, 80, man, some of my biggest fans, they love it. And the one thing they all say is, I like your music because I can understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say something. And I can that. get fed from what you're saying. Yeah, because I think it's not, see, the medium matters, but, um, but insofar as it carries a good message. So that's, that is the one thing I would say about you is that I don't know, and maybe you'd, you can share a story about this or two, but I don't know how much you struggled with the sound in terms of trying to sound like other people or needing to uh, rap the way other people rap. 
But the one thing I would say to you is that I, you have a very distinct, you do have a very distinct sound and your lyrics, I, I put you against anybody and not only in terms of your skill level, but also in terms of the, the poetry behind that stuff and the messaging behind that stuff. Like you don't compromise at all on that stuff. Um, so I know it's a little overwrought to say, man, you're not a sellout and, uh, and, and, and whatever, but, um, but your messaging is just so on point and I, I'll just, I want to be honest with how I feel about this. When I listen to some other rappers, especially more rain, mainstream guys, I don't feel that same thing. I don't hear that same thing. I don't hear that same heart in some of that stuff. I feel like it's so trying to borrow from the culture and from other rappers and that kind of stuff that it, that it almost dilutes the message. One of the biggest struggles I had in the beginning was I felt like I was too, I, I was too much Jesus mm -hmm. in the music. Like maybe I said his name too much, uh -huh. or maybe I quoted too many scriptures. Yeah, yeah, I feel that because you like you want to you want to reach this audience right that doesn't know Jesus, and you want to present them good messaging and all that kind of stuff, but you also don't want to push them away. So how how do you do that, and how do you balance that? I was doing it too much. I kind of dialed back, mm -hmm. and as I dialed back, I realized it didn't have the same effectiveness as before. Wow! And I just realized, man, you know what? I just I'm different. Yeah, I've got to preach the gospel. I've got to I got to quote scripture as he gives it to me. I I got to say Jesus just because that's how he he gives it to me that way. Mm -hmm. So the way he gives it to me, I have to give it back. Yeah, yeah. I have to. Because so, if not, then I'm not being I'm not doing what he's telling me to do. I have this thought because one of the, one of the things you may not know about me is that I'm a filmmaker as well beyond just this podcast, but also a screenwriter and uh, aspiring filmmaker, and. Uh, one of the things I've always said is that you can make a movie that's explicitly Christian, and if it's good, people will watch it. The, the good part is the thing that Christians often struggle with, is that they make stuff that's not good, and then, uh, and then nobody wants to watch it. But it has nothing to do with the fact that it's explicitly about Christ or about Christian messaging or anything like that. It's just that it's not good. Um, but then when I started this podcast, I thought to myself, I'm going to do something that really takes me out of my comfort zone. I'm going to start talking about news, information, current events, cultural things that are going on, also that I can try to put a Christian worldview on top of those things and help people think critically about these issues from a Christian perspective. Because ultimately, I think that's what di discipleship is, is it's learning how to be a Christian in this world, um, in all of these areas. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so I was tested in that original premise, you can make it explicitly Christian and people will still watch it if it's good. Because I found myself early on, too, trying to say, well, I don't want to be too Christian-y or too Jesus-y. But then I just kind of like said, you know what? The best person I can be is the person that God made me. And if I keep on trying to be somebody that I'm not, it's going to come off as fake. And I still struggle with it from time to time. Maybe you do, too. But, um, but, but I really have come around to the conclusion that I'm just going to be myself. I'm just going to talk like I would to, to my friend, my, my, my neighbor, somebody at church, to you. And I'm going to do that on, on my podcast. And that's the way I'm going to present this information. And some people are going to like it. Some people aren't. I had to get to a place, man, where I had to be okay with me. Mm -hmm. I had to get to a place and had to ask God to deliver me from people, deliver me from numbers, deliver me from um, the social world itself. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing, because in the beginning, you, everybody, even you as a screenwriter and as you're, you know, on your own podcast, you want millions of listeners. Yeah. 
that's that's normal. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That's normal. Yeah, yeah. This but, is a, this is a good point. You want to build a platform, but it's also not about the plat building a platform. Uh, absolutely. I think we touched on that last time, man. Yeah. But really, having God look, I want you to deliver me from numbers, deliver me from people, because if not, I'm gonna lose it trying to impress people and gain people in the audience. Mm. And if I don't get it, then I'm gonna feel like a failure. Yeah. So I have to. I had to come to grips with. You know what? I have a mega. I may not have a mega ministry, per se. But I have a mega voice mm. and my voice, even in Cleveland, Tennessee, can reach nations, which it does. Yeah. Listeners, nations, literally. And I have to be OK with that. I have to be OK with God. You've you know, it's no different than the pastor that starts a church and only has 200 members. Yeah. He has to take care of those people and not worry about, well, the empty seats. Mm -hmm. And so I had to come to grips with that and say, you know what, man, this is this is my lane. I got one lane. Let me just run in it. Yeah, there's something sweet about that, too. While I think I know you well enough to say that that lane will is going to take you to higher heights and deeper depths and things that you don't even expect yet, but you're going to run in that lane every step along the way and just see what God does. Um, so it's not that you you don't want the platform to grow or you don't want to continue to reach more people. It's just that that's not the focus. Um, but... Uh, I think I, I think I feel that too, man, in terms of just like um, there is some sentiment uh, and it's a little cliche. If you build it, they will come. Um, but but the, but there is a rat race, too, that it's just so delivering to like get out of that. And and and, it, and you think about this, too, man, because this is happening a lot lately. I don't know that this happened just recently in Chattanooga with one of the biggest pastors here in town. I don't know if you heard about this, but you see these pastors who get there right to that goal to that to that fame to that stardom they've built that platform that people would would kill to get and then you see sometimes how they throw their family away how they forsake their faith they make compromises to get there now what i'm not saying is is that you have to sell out to get there what i am saying is i would i want to maintain the attitude where i want to continue to aspire for big things but i also want also the same attitude that says I would re I'd rather be small and keep my soul than to be big and miss what what it's really all about and that happens so often to big time pastors man and to and to people in ministry and it's sad it, it really is man and again it comes from you know you have to say what is this really about mm -hmm. we have to remind ourselves it's about souls yeah that's it uh, and I constantly have to remind myself and my and my guys, look, man, what we do is strictly for the kingdom to reach souls and to bring glory to God. How that happens is just us yielding, just yielding to him. And whatever God wants to do with it, let God do it. Mm -hmm. If he wants to take us to millions and nations, man, let's hey, let's go. Yeah. But if he just if if we're just in the States, we have to be OK with that. The main thing is we should just be grateful that God is using us. Yeah. Listen, I've showed up at a booked event. And it was just me and the guy that booked it. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't he didn't promote it or <laughs> something was going on. So what do you do? Yeah. Well, I love the scripture. It's so profound, man, to me now, but it says sing a new song unto the Lord. Well, that song, whether it's new to you or new to somebody else, 
you do it unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. So I literally had a concert as if it was a thousand people there. God, I love you. Dude, this is why God uses you so mildly, <laughs> no, man. No, 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 no glory to me, man. But I, I mean, what do you do? You don't, I realize most people would have been like, well, since nobody here, man, let me, let me get my check and I'm out. You know, it's not on me to promote the event. Well, really, was it, what's it about? Mm -hmm. Who knows what the, the booking guy was going through? Well, here I'm here. God, I'm here. And he's here. Well, there's two or three. You're in the midst. So I chose to take that opportunity, man, and just go all in. And everything that I was doing was unto God. Mm -hmm. It was vertical. But those that are horizontal, they get they get blessed by it. And that's it. that's what actually happened yeah. to the guy. He was like, man, I'm... I know this is going to sound crazy, but I'm so glad you came. I needed that. Mm -hmm. So who knew? God knew. See, I think so. we're dealing with a really difficult time right now, um, globally, nationally, and certainly in the church. Um, the pandemic, I think, has shuttered some churches. Some churches are hemorrhaging and haven't been able to kind of like recover. It's really, really difficult for pastors. Um I, I was in a place of transition, and so um, when the pandemic happened, we had a very, very small church, and um, <clears throat> we merged our church with another church, but there were moments of like really deep depression and really deep uh, darkness uh, when I would become so numbers-focused and that kind of stuff, and um, and it, it, you can really get wrapped up in that rat race of trying to, of trying to reach... Um, a number instead of reach people, you know what I mean? And and I think that that's really, really important for us to discuss right now because, again, there are pastors who are struggling. Um, there are pastors who are dealing with depression. There are, And this is just a human thing, right? We're going through a really difficult time, too, because in the midst of a global pandemic, we also have incredible polarization and like politicization of almost everything now that you can't even talk about politics without uh, getting in an argument sometimes. And, and, and I love talking about things and ideas. Um, but, but we're living in this really, really strange time. I don't know if you feel that in your world, but I do in mine just because I've kind of lived there where it's just, it's, we're living in this time where people are just on edge and, um, there's certainly some, some issues that that's causing, I think, um, in, in ministry. And maybe that has something to do with some of the casualties we've seen, because we've seen some pretty high-profile pastors, not only the guy here locally, but also much more on a bigger scale, um, really kind of struggle at this point in time for what for whatever reason. Um, I believe that the enemy, you know, you hear this all the time, the enemy's busy. Yeah. Well, of course he is. He's, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's doing his job, yeah. But it doesn't mean that God is not doing what he's supposed to do. Because he is, right. he's he's he always is, but I we have a personal responsibility to. I don't care if we have to talk to ourselves. We've got to say what God has already said. We've mm -hmm. got to speak what He's already spoken, and we got to receive what He's already what He's already given us. You know, just past Saturday, I heard a story. I don't have the names, how it happened, or anything like that, but a pastor and his wife both committed suicide my this God. past Saturday. And it it broke my heart, man, because here I'm thinking, number one, I don't know the burden, the responsibility that these pastors are carrying. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's way more than you and I could even imagine. 
But the fact that they would come into agreement with the enemy and say, yeah, let's just let's just end it right here. Yeah. You know, that's the devil, man. That's that's evil. And you're talking to someone who's dealt with suicidal thoughts before I even ever heard the audible voice of God. I heard the audible voice of Satan in my dorm room years ago. And I've dealt with suicide and I've been delivered from those thoughts and those ideas. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. The pressures of life, the cares of this world, you know, Jesus, God tells us that to cast all of your cares upon him because he cares for us. Mm -hmm. Our shoulders were never designed to carry any of the cares. That's why it says cast all your cares, not just the ones you think you can handle, all of them, cast them, give them to him. So every day we wake up, we have a personal responsibility to take these cares and say, God, I give this to you today. And I trust you that you're going to keep me. You're going to give me the strength that I need to go forward. Man, we're all dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we the world itself is already crazy and corrupt. But even as Christian, as believers, man, I'm, I'm dealing with stuff. We're talking about the album coming out and, this, you know, celebrating that and watching God touch people's lives. But on the flip side, Scripture says the blessing comes with persecution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, man, the persecution personally that I'm dealing with right now that I'm going through, if I don't give it to God— Man, 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 where would I be? Yeah. But I've I've purposed in my heart every single moment. And I literally say moment because it's not every single day. But, you you know, I used to tell people, man, I'm just living one day at a time. And I am. But it's even to the point now where it's moment by moment Mm -hmm. because I realize the enemy recognizes. He recognizes what's going on. Yeah. He's like, man, my time is is short. And if I don't, and if I don't turn up now, I could lose a lot of people. Yeah. And for that reason alone, we have to turn up. So here's what I would say about that. I've thought, I've, I've, I've kind of been thinking about this this way. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Is I believe a lot of what we're experiencing right now has to do with the fact that our nation is is quickly becoming and and already is a, a post-Christian nation. And by that, what what I mean is not that we don't have still a majority of people claiming to be Christians and stuff like that, but what we have now is a secularism where religious ideas and definitions have lost their meaning in the public square. Whereas I think even with, we're around the same age, so when we grew up in school, even though the vast majority of the people, even the ones that said they were Christians, didn't act like Christians and really weren't living for the Lord, but um, but there was still this kind of cultural sentiment uh, by and large, especially in the areas where we probably grew up with, and were probably similar, there was still this cultural sentiment to where Christianity was good and that um, it had value in in our lives, at least from a moral basis. Now, I do believe that we're presently living in an age where where that is no longer the case, where there are people now who think Christianity is a liability, Christianity is buffoonish, whatever. Um, and nonetheless, we are a post-Christian nation by all objective metrics. And so we moved away from from that that worldview, and I think there are a lot of us who thought that that void would just remain empty. That where Christianity has moved away, that that would just like that that would just maintain or something. That it would just continue to go, and that that void wouldn't be filled up with something. 
But I think what we're experiencing now is where Christianity has been moved, and now we're seeing other things take its place. And so this is where we're seeing an increase in suicide. This is where we're seeing an increase in um, the kind of like radical activists like LGBTQIA+, and never-ending, you know, letters movement here where people don't—where they're struggling with their identity, that they think that they're uh, a person that's trapped in the wrong body and all that kind of stuff. So all of these— things, um, even maybe something as uh, as simple as COVID, where you lose your foundation, you lose your center, and you have no control over your own health because now you can go outside and you can get Omicron or whatever. You can get whatever variant comes next, and even those who are vaccinated are getting it, and it's just like that, that loss of sense of control for the Christian is okay because we have a foundation. We have an anchor for our soul. Even in the midst of suffering and difficulty, we can always say, hey, there is a plan in the midst of it all. But people who don't have Christ um, don't have that thing to lean upon in the midst of chaos and suffering and difficulty. And so, so much of what we're seeing is is really just a removal of, of Christ from the center of our lives. And I, w- I want to say this in a nuanced fashion, because we just got done talking about a pastor. You'd say, well, didn't that pastor have Jesus at the center? Well, I don't know, but here's what I can say, is that when we take our eyes off Jesus— that kind of thing becomes more possible, even for the Christian or the non-Christian. And so I would say, if your eyes are fully on Jesus, I want to fully believe, man, that that's you're doing, you don't even get close to that decision. But the more you start to allow Christ to step away and move away from the center of your life, those kind of decisions start to start to become more commonplace. And I think that's what we're seeing in our age. Selfishness is the root of all sin. Mm-hmm. And... Anytime we're selfish, we're going to fall. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care who you are, what kind of platform you have. It is very, it's vital, especially in today's age, that you and I lean on God like never before. Mm-hmm. Like it is a, it is a, tr- it has to be a true dependency upon God. What he said, even when it comes down to this health thing. Here's the thing. God is still God. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we lose sight of that as a people, yeah. as a body, as a whole. God is still God. Yeah. He's still a healer. He still shows grace. He still forgives. He still loves. Like he, he doesn't change. We change. Life changes. Things happen. But God doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's the same. He's the same. Now it's going to take people his people, especially, standing up and saying, I realize what you're going through, but God still loves you. Yeah. God still forgives you. God still wants you. God has already healed you. Now let's position ourselves to receive that. Yeah. Like there's so much that we, he's looking, I believe he's looking at his people and saying, why are you saying what you're saying? When I didn't say that. In other words, you're you're using your words for people that don't even have hope. When I, God speaking, says, I am hope mm-hmm. and you have me in you. So why not say what I've said so these people can be hopeful? Yeah. Because a lot of people are hopeless right now. Yeah. And even those that are in the body. They feel hopeless. I say this all the time. Look, don't let your feelings lie to you. Mm-hmm. 
feelings, I'm not saying they're not real, they are, but don't let them lie to you. If you have God, you have hope. Yeah, I say don't let your circumstance dictate your Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely not. And we, we just have to be bolder than ever right now. And that's why, you know, that's why I can't compromise in lyrics. Yeah. You know, I can't. I, I just can't, man. The people that are listening, they need to know, okay, m- maybe God is real. Maybe there's something that I'm missing. And the testimonies that have been coming forth, man, man, praise God. Yeah. Praise God. All right, I want to talk about those testimonies. Before we do that, let's dig into some of the songs and then some of the collabs on the album because, like I said, I met some of those guys and I just absolutely love them. Uh, one of the guys that sticks in my mind that I met that night is uh, Lifeologist, yeah. Life, because uh, his distinct voice and one of my favorite songs on the album is uh, Cut a Rug on It. So, uh, I think is that number two? Number three. Number three, okay. Um, oh, yeah, 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 because uh, the, the, the title track is number two, and then uh, Cut a Rug on It's number three. So, yeah, so that really stuck out to me, and then you shared a little bit of the story, so I'd love for uh, the people listening to hear a little bit of Life's story and how you kind of brought him in. Well, my, my boy Life, man, he is, oh, man, he's he's one of a kind. Yeah. You know, the way we met was predestined, no pun intended. Uh, we met in 2014. I was actually doing an event at his church, Mm-hmm. He came up to me afterward. It was like, yo, man, my name is, you know, Rick. They call me Lifeologist. I want to do what you're doing. You know, this is the first time anyone's ever said that to me. So I was like, okay, cool. That's what's up, man. So I got his information. I said, we'll stay in touch. And um, we did. We stayed in touch. He was like, look, man, I'm, you know, I'm new to the faith, but man, I really want God to use me in this area. I used to do some music. That wasn't good for mm-hmm. the hoods. G- give me a little bit about his background because that's an interesting man. Story. Life is he's he's a true street dude. Yeah. Um, he's you know he'll tell you man he's he sold drugs. He's he he was out there. He's been to prison, and God set him free from all of that, all of that, and so much so that which is so funny about this song, we were on our way to do a concert in Nashville, outdoor event in a um, gang infested area is what I was told. I never told life where we were going. I just said, look, I want you to come with me. And so I pick him up and we're on our way. He's like, yo, you got any music we can listen to on the way there? It's like, yeah, I got a couple of tracks producers have sent me, let's, let's check them out. And so we put this song on and like, we're just, man, we're grooving. Like, man, this thing is it's hot. You know, mm-hmm. and just out of my mouth, I heard cut a rug on him, cut a rug <laughs> on him. And he's like, yo, that's it. And so we're just writing the car before we even got to the event. The song, the the chorus itself was done. Gotcha. Cut a rug on him. So we get to the event and he told me, he said, oh, my gosh. I said, what's up? He said, that building, that apartment right there, I used to sell drugs right there. Wow. And so we're actually in the neighborhood where he used to sell drugs. There's guys that saw him on stage ministering the gospel, came up to him afterward, still knew who he was and encouraged him. Look, man, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Mm -hmm. They're still out there in the streets, but they're telling him, keep going. Yeah. Keep doing it. That's so awesome. Dude. Yeah, yeah. So I really love that that song uh, for multiple reasons, but one of them too is that like I, I'm probably gonna get this wrong, but uh, he has the voice of like Lil John. 
or somebody like him. Uh, who would you say he sounds like? Uh, he, he sounds he, like somebody. He has. A, I wouldn't I say. I know he's distinct. Jive. It is distinct. He it's it's the raspiness he's, of yeah, his voice. Yeah, he's got that raspy voice. Um, when he talks, man, you gonna listen. But that's just you know behind who he is. The life out. He speaks life, man. He represents life, and um. His voice will get your attention quickly. Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't say Little John, but somebody. So somebody. I, yeah, I don't know who it is, but anyway, he just reminded me of, of somebody's voice I'd heard before on an on an album. Uh, but yeah, he does speak life. He cornered me when we. Uh, I hate to say it that way, but he. <laughs> yeah, he's he, like a big bodyguard. He's, he, you know. he got me, and and he was talking to me, and just like. I just love people like him. Um, and you seem to surround yourself with these kind of people just because of your heart. Um, but he was just like, I was asking him what he did for a living or something like that. And um, he was telling me, I can't remember how we got into it, but it, but he just started on, on, on a message. And he was like, I make a lot of money, but you know what? This isn't about the money. What this is for me is that this is a mission. And then he started telling me about all the people who comes into to his business and um, and the opportunities he, that he has to minister to them. And he says, I don't even care if I sell anything to these people because there's only one thing that I'm after with this. And he just started going after this. I was like, dude, I love people like this. So refreshing to meet a guy like that. With it is like real. That. It is real. Matter of fact, a customer who had just purchased a very expensive vehicle from him, mm-hmm came to the event in the hood where we were. They didn't come by themselves. They brought other people with them. And it's just amazing, man. He His heart is, you just don't meet a lot of people like him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a, a very small circle, but these guys, man, their hearts are right. They're right toward yeah. with God and they're right toward people. And I think we all should strive to, to be that person, man. Hearts are right with God and hearts are right toward people and you just it, you know when you do that you just can't lose yeah, i don't yeah, think you yeah. can all right now um uh, the second song uh, or sorry not the second song uh yeah no no the second song uh title track so uh predestined is uh not only the title track uh it is uh predestined uh 10 is in the name and you've been you've been doing music for about 10 years so kind of tell me about like the song but also what 10 years has meant to you because i'm sure you thought a lot about that number does that number have significance absolutely well like you said it's it's 10 years and honestly it's, it's more than 10 years but we're celebrating 10 years because it was 10 years ago when i finally realized hey this is not just a hobby this is a call and I took it, I began to take it serious as a call. So you got 10 years. Um, we're from Tennessee. So the 10 is in that as well. Mm, gotcha. So I don't, I'm not ashamed to be from Tennessee. I'm actually very grateful. Um, so I want to make sure people understand that. Yeah, this is based out of Tennessee. And um, man, did you, grow, is, did you grow up in this area? Yeah, I'm from West Tennessee. Okay. Northwest Tennessee. It's like two hours north of Memphis. Well, you said that I grew up in this area. No, I'm from West Tennessee, but I've been in the Cleveland area since 97. Gotcha. Okay. And um, the song is special, man, because I feel like if you don't celebrate it, who will? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're waiting on somebody else to celebrate you, you can forget it. Yeah. So when I understand that, man, this is for the kingdom of God, this is the kingdom that we serve, let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate what God has done. Let's... 
let's tell people, man, that look, God has used us for 10 years. Doesn't mean that we've been perfect because we haven't. We've done things wrong. Our person made mistakes, man, and bad decisions, but God has been faithful. God is still the same. He still, he still loves me. Um, and he's still using me. And I could, man, I could never ever repay him for what he's done in my life. Mm -hmm other than let me give my life to you. Let me die to self and let me go out every day and, and be at your service. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so there's some other collaborations on there that are really, really good. Um, the the your, You had a collaboration with your roommate from college. Yeah, and J. Cole. Uh, dude, that guy is a fantastic singer. Um, so tell us a little bit about that track. The track is called um, Grace Over Grind, <laughs> which is has... I'll get to that in just a second. But anyway, he had sent me a message. Hey, man, if you ever need someone to sing on a chorus, just send it to me. I got you. And so I had this song that I've been listening to, but I hadn't heard anything from God. So I just sent it to him. And sure enough, he sent it back. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Now, I knew it was good, but I had no idea it was going to be this good in yeah. the end. Long story short, he had been reading this book by an awesome author who was a friend of his called Grace Over Grind. And so he gives me the concept of how, you know, we don't have to, in the kingdom, we don't have to work, we don't have to toil mm -hmm. in the kingdom. We, we simply have to receive the grace that God has given us yep. and things will begin to happen. Yeah, you gotta put feet to the plow, I get that, hands to the plow, but you've got, you've got to trust God for the increase and the overflow. And so immediately I had this verse and I'm thinking, man, this is this is awesome. So I'm writing and I send it back to him and we're back and forth. But we get the song back and we get it mastered. And it's like, wow, I let my mentor hear it. He was like, that's the one. Yeah. He's like, that's it right there, man. It's very good. And lost. I mean, and since that's happened, since the release party, the author of the book, Grace Over Grind, heard the song and contacted us both directly and just applauded us for the song. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, look, y'all, y'all did that thing. You know, y'all, y'all really represented my book and my, the concept of it kingdomly. And, yeah. um, it was a pretty awesome honor. I still got it saved in my, in my phone. Well, she's got some intro music now, wherever she goes, yeah. like conferences or whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> she's speaking. Absolutely. All right. So what's an, another one? Um, just kind of rounding out our time. What's another one, another story to a song that sticks out? Um, I got a song called Can You Feel Me? And it's one of my favorites on there as well. The music itself set the tone for the name of the song and everything. A friend of mine, AT, um, we're huge Tupac fans. Mm -hmm. uh, not that I listen to Tupac now, but we, I used to. Not only did I used to listen to his music, I found out we shared the same birthday. It's better to die like a man than live like a coward. That's, That's it. All Thug say. life, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we shared the same birthday. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a former thug. You know what I'm saying? I've been in the streets. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I want to say something about this because most people, they hear like Tupac and they think about the way he died and the way he lived his life. And let's face it, that's not very Christian in any shape, form, or fashion. But the dude was a poet so just in terms for of like his ability gifted as all get out man yeah. one of the gift most gifted people we've ever heard and his legacy is still being remembered today yeah i can only imagine had he got saved 
and really was, and I can't say if he was saved or not, but I can't imagine if he was doing it for the kingdom of God, the influence that he would have had. Um, so being a, a lover of his music, um, share the same birthday when I heard the song, the keys in the song and the music reminded me of something that he would he would use. And so I literally put myself in the mind of of him to approach this song. I mean, can you feel me? It's something that he would say all the time in his in his songs. Yeah, feel me? Yeah. And so that was the title. Boom. So I invited AT into the studio to record it with me to see how it was done and actually invited him to say something on the song just to kind of stamp that moment, man. It was crazy. And being just having the mindset and the approach of how he would approach it, I took on that mm-hmm. from a kingdom perspective. And I'm talking about these things, man. It's so crazy because even just the other day, I'm, I had to go back and listen to something that I said. <clears throat> and I said, wow. Like, I'm amazed because in the moment, it's just another lyric. But as you're going through life and these things are coming at you, you go back and listen and eat your own stuff. And you're yeah. like, oh, shoot, that was for me. You amazed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was for me. So uh, we got some good news coming about that song very very soon a new new music um visual okay for that song and um man i'm just i'm just grateful man i'm grateful i'm humbled um i'm grateful for those in my corner man those that support um those that have been supporting those that pray those that financially contribute um i couldn't do this without them mm-hmm. couldn't so well uh, and I'm glad you d- you're doing it because it's certainly not only powerful, inspirational, but but really, really good. So my kids have been listening to the CD in the in the car too, and they love it too. Um, all right, so let's talk about the aftermath because I've been kind of curious. So you just released? Was it on January first that you released? January first, yeah. Okay, so you released the album. So kind of anything to. So you already shared some things like yeah. with the author of that book and stuff like that. Anything that uh, anything interesting that has happened since the release of the album that you want to share? Um, man, I, I will say this, man. All of hell is pissed off at me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you're doing something right, man. All of hell. All of hell, like for real, is is mad, and as they should be. But there's also people that that are not a part of his team. When I say him, I'm talking about Satan and his his kingdom, who are mad too, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. You know, I can't I can't get into because I can't even explain why. It's just part of it. I believe it's part of it. Yeah. I truly believe that persecution is part of the blessing. That's what he said. And so I have to take it as that. You were at the listening party. You heard the prophetic word yeah. that showed up, it's which powerful. was very unexpected. I took that word and I went back and read the last word that I received from God. And I went back and read the last word before that that I received from God. All three of those words, prophetic words from God, the one thing they all have in common is God is telling me to keep going. Mm -hmm. When there's so much up up against you, it's designed to make you quit. Satan knows that the only way I'm going to get Reed is if I can get him to quit, Mm -hmm. if I can get him to give up. If I can get him to not believe, to stop believing, to turn his back on God, that's the only way I'm going to get him. That's why suicide is so high today. Yeah, It's no different for me. 
the urges to say, you know what, I think this might be it. Doesn't mean I'm going to quit on God. Right. Maybe I just don't go and, and write another song. But every time I've been in that position, God quickly affirms, mm -hmm. keep going, yeah. keep going, don't stop. There's reason, there's purpose. And I, even now, man, I'm telling you, keep going, don't stop. Whatever you're doing, whatever your lane is, if you think about a track, there's no end to your lane. Yeah. I never thought about this since just now. You look at a track and there's lane, there's no end to those lanes, you just keep going. Yeah. Whether you're walking or whether you're standing, that lane is still there. We as believers, we stop, we go backwards. Mm -hmm. But God is telling us to keep going, keep going forward, keep running, don't stop. Forget about everything else other than, God, I just want to please you. Man, that's powerful because there's three words that Jesus says in the Gospels that are just they're eerie, they're scary, it's a warning to us to, um, to consider. And he says, remember Lot's wife. Um, just those three things, remember Lot's wife. And uh, for those who don't know the story, Lot's wife turns around, looks back at the city that she's leaving, and then says in the scripture that, uh, in the Old Testament, that um, she turns, turns into a pillar of salt. Yeah. So that's a crazy, it's a weird story, right? But the point is, is do not look to those former things. Look to that which is ahead. Press ahead. And uh, I'm sure this is not original because I'm sure I heard somebody say, I just don't know who, but the only finish line is death. So the only time we stop is when there's nothing left. Yeah. When there's nothing left. I've told my team, I said, look, I have 25 to 30 songs unreleased that I just in a vault. Yeah. I've written... Since the new album, I've written at least four or five new ones. Wow. And it's like, okay, I don't want to die and no one have access to this music. Mm -hmm. He's giving it to you for a reason. I'm not just writing songs because I'm a songwriter. Yeah. He gives them to me and it's sweatless. I'm talking days, sometimes hours, mm. and songs are done. Yeah. I got to get it out. I tell my I tell my team I said, look, man, these songs are like food, mm -hmm. but if this food stays in the refrigerator, it's gonna spoil. Yeah, the food is meant to be eaten. That's good. But yeah. we're not supposed to eat all the food. We got to get this food. We got to be distributors. I want to I want to share a story with you. I went to a uh, TV producers conference, kind of in pursuit of uh, getting scripts and uh, TV shows that I've created um, made. And Quincy Jones was, you know who Quincy Jones Ooh. is, right? So Quincy Jones was the uh, keynote speaker and the keynote guest that was there. I mean, like everybody just like, moment dude showed up. It was just like they rolled out the red carpet. He was like a king. Uh, the ladies uh, uh, also responded. Uh, <laughs> and the dude is like, he's got to be in his 80s or something. But anyway, uh, but he still got it. Um, but, uh, but I heard him say something that just stuck, to, stuck out to me. He said, never let your resources exceed your vision. And I thought that that was really powerful because you think to yourself, Quincy Jones has got a lot of resources. I mean, we're talking about the dude that was responsible for uh, Michael, Jalbum's, Michael Jackson's most uh, um, uh, popular albums, Beat It and, and, and more, and then 
producing television shows like um, like Fresh Prince of Bel Air and all sorts of other things, just things that are just so iconic. Uh, he's behind some of the greatest things that have happened in the '80s and the '90s in the music industry and the TV world. Um, he's a huge deal. The dude has no limit of resources, but he said never let your resources exceed your vision. Always have a vision that's bigger than what your resources will allow you to accomplish. And I think somehow that that's, that's good advice, not only for all of us, but certainly for the Christian, um, because we have a limitless resource in God. Um, therefore, we should have a vision that exceeds anything that we could possibly imagine, perhaps in some way, some of the things that we talked about with pastors and some like moral failings and stuff like that is that there is this end goal that's reached with nothing ahead. And when we only look behind, we have nothing left but death, destruction, and, and failure. So we must ever keep that goal line moving so further ahead of us because there's so much to do for the Lord so that we don't have the luxury of looking behind. Agreed. I remember a man of God um, years ago, wrote a book and actually heard him speak in, in, in Chattanooga in person, uh, Pastor Greg Poe, and he had a, a book called Big Vision, Big Provision. And your vision is going to require provision, but God is big enough to take care of all of that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing too big. And one thing that I've really focused on from this moment forward is um, making sure people are going to heaven. Mm -hmm. Just something simple is salvation. You know, we people cross our paths all the time. Maybe you ain't seen them in years. And then next thing you know, they've passed. And then we're left with, man, I wish I would have had the opportunity. So coming into this year, man, I just I wanted to purpose in my heart to say or to be aware of those divine encounters with people, whether I know them or not, just being able to recognize this is a divine this is a divine appointment. Let me take this time and say, look, I know you may not know me, but I believe that this is a God thing. Mm -hmm. I want to know, is Jesus Lord of your life? I want to know if heaven's home, because if not, I want to be able I want to be able to have the privilege of leading you there just to know that, you know what, if we never see each other again, I know you're in right standing with God. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Well, that's so good. Um, all right, so last thing is, are you going to be touring, or has Ooh. COVID kind of just totally wrecked that because we're in the midst of another like crazy surge? I have some things in place. Um, I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah, but we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Um, so you, I assume you have all those tour dates on the website, <laughs> right? They will be on the website. Okay, when um, they come up, it's going to be eleven states. And um, it's all independently done, but codependent upon the Father. Yeah, so. that means send that money, people. Um, <laughs> so something. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, um, I'll, I will definitely put that down in the description of this episode, along with uh, where people can get the album, because they need to listen to it. I promise once they listen to it, they will be absolutely hooked, man. So thank you for 10 faithful years, and uh, thank you for this newest album, and thank you, man, for the things that are, uh, are going to happen in the future, because I think... Uh, 
it's going to get better and better. I agree. I agree. Thank you. And keep doing what you're doing, man. Well, thank really you, brother. That. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for liking, sharing, subscribing, and watching. We'll see you next time. Our thanks again to our guests for being on the show today. Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman was brought to you by our sponsors. If you like what you heard today, please do us a big favor and give it a five-star review and like it and share it with friends. And if you want to hear more awesome guests, make sure to check out past episodes. IndieThinker is a nonprofit paid for by our sponsors and the generous gifts of people like you. In order to hear more great guests like you did today, please consider giving a tax-deductible gift by going to IndieThinker.org. And just remember, your voice matters, but infinitely more when you think for yourself.